Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. I gotta tell you, I had two vegan chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. And I got new eyebrows today. I feel like I'm talking 900 miles a minute. I'm ready to conquer the world. And I had tequila. <laughs> <laughs> you win. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. <laughs> Sarah's high on vegan chocolate chips. Bree's doing good on tequila. Yep. It's going to be a good episode. Hell You are yeah. all welcome in <laughs> advance. <laughs> but Bree, I have a joke for you before we start. I'm ready. Uh, what do the fastest witches use to get around? I don't know. What? Vroom sticks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's so bad. That's so great. It's so bad. Mine's pretty, pretty corny, too. Okay, do it. Okay. What do you call a haunted chicken? <laughs> I don't know. I know because I'm reading the Google Doc and it's funny. <laughs> a poultry guys. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> this is what we do. We laugh at all these corny jokes that we're I mean, sometimes you have to laugh at life to keep from crying. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> just kind of where we're at now. Ex- yes. Uh, this is, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a month. Okay. Yeah. And a 2020. Oh, it's gosh. bad. But yeah. When will it stop? It, it has, it has been a week. I think both of us have worked. I mean, I've, I've worked my normal job late every night mm-hmm. this week, even on the day I was supposed to be off. I still work late. Oh, man. <laughs> and I know you did, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, one of these days, we're going to get there. Someday. We'll be just doing this mm-hmm. and touring around the world God. when there's no COVID. From your lips to God's ears. Yes. Well, before we get into booze news, should we have our ghouls news? <gasps> ghouls news! Ghouls news! Um, so if you missed our, our post on Instagram or Facebook... Or our Facebook Live, we have merch. Yay! And Hooray. it's so cute. Yeah, we got we got lots of fun stuff. So if you actually go to our website, it's www.thesquadghouls.com. Uh, we have a link to our merch, so you can buy shirts. We have unisex as well as ladies' cut tees, oh. and they come in a variety of styles and colors. We got samples of everything, and we signed off because yes. we didn't want it to suck. Yeah, we'll um, make sure we're getting you guys quality stuff. Exactly. Because we're bougie. We are bougie. <laughs> but we also, we're, we're bougie to where we don't want to have to ship it ourselves because that too. we don't want to have to like guess at colors and sizes that everybody is going to want. So you get to pick your own. You do. It's nice. It's, it's a nice yeah. little uh, fanny packs. Yeah. We got face masks because we all need a face mask. And if you're not program. wearing your mask, I will personally come to your house and bring you a Squaggles mask. Heck yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Put your mask on. Wear, wear your name mask. Um, it puts the mask on its skin or else it gets the phase one again. Um, but we also have stickers and we've got hey. the, the best part, the dog hoodies. Oh, yes. Ava's hasn't come yet. I haven't ordered pearls yet. I'm going to measure first because... She just, she's so big. She's a little thick. Yeah, sorry. She, she's a She's a thick lady. Yeah. Hey, thick thighs save lives, mm-hmm. so. Sure do. Jared's nodding his head. 
<laughs> I'm not going to comment anymore on that. <laughs> this is a PG-13 podcast. Yeah, because then, then I get myself in trouble. Anyway. Never. Anyway, so uh, booze news? <laughs> yes, booze news. Booze news. So I just wanted to put out there, I've been posting things on um our IG and the stories and everything. So tickets are selling out fast for all of our listeners in Southern California here with us. Um, the drive-through events are selling out. Time slots are being filled. So please check out Haunted the um, LA Haunted Hayride, uh, the Urban Legends drive-through at the OC Fairgrounds, and the Stranger Things drive-through experience. Um, last time I checked Stranger Things, the next open date was December. Holy shnikes. But the nice yeah. thing is it goes through January, right? Yeah, which is great. Oh, sweet. So you got time, friends. Yeah, you I have mean, time, but I'm just saying if tickets. you were <laughs> trying to go anytime soon. Don't procrastinate on buying your tickets because yeah. they will sell out. But yes. you can go in January or yeah. December. But the Haunted Hay Ride, I know time slots are getting filled. Fast. Yeah, and the Urban fast. Legends, like. It's get almost on it. gone. Yeah. Get on it, people. Mm-hmm. Don't miss out on Halloween fun. Nope, 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 nope. And another news. So we talked about this last week, but confirmed the trailer for The Haunting of Bly Manor yes. is now live. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. I did too. It looks good. You didn't fall off a treadmill this time, right? No, thank God. Perfect. Because Nell did not jump through the backseat of me. I mean, there was there were some people jumping though, but like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I totally. Uh, yeah, fell but off I'm super excited for it. It looks good. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it lives up to the. Tra- I mean, because obviously the trailer is the best part right. of the series. But um, it's based on. So we talked about this before too. It's based on the original story, the the gothic story called "The Turning of the Screw," which then was the inspiration for the movie "The Turning." Which I know I've harped on this a million times. It's <laughs> terrible. Don't waste your time, money, or energy watching it. Um, but the haunting of Bly Manor's the follow up to the haunting of Hill House looks <sighs> awesome. So, and then in other news, there will be no third season for AMC's Supernatural no. Horror Series, Nosferatu. Why? Spelled, you know, probably, I, truthfully, I haven't watched season two. Was it, is it good? Are you watching it? I'm not. Okay. I watched the first three mm-hmm. and I liked it. Okay. Not as good as the first. I really enjoyed the first season. Yeah, it was a little but, slow in some spots, but... Yeah. But I mean, I, I I'm I plan to finish it though. Yeah, I and, need it. I need to watch it. You know, always got to finish. I have so many. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> okay, that was a delayed reaction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like, and then my my knitting projects that I have to wait a second. Bree said something dirty. <laughs> I did. I did it. I'm sitting here talking about knitting my nephew's scarf for Christmas, and Bree's talking about finishing. <laughs> you are all welcome for the tequila that i just had we are a pg-13 podcast Mm -hmm. um anyway so sorry uh (laughs) jamie o'brien shared the news on twitter on monday uh so he is the showrunner and executive producer of the show and he said well friends i heard from amc last week we won't be making a third season of nosferatu it's a bummer but i'm grateful we were at least able to finish adapting the storyline from joe hill's terrific novel I would like to read the novel, though. We should add it to our book club list. I'm I'm good for that. Totally. Good for that. Indeed. Cool. And the last cool thing we have, for the first time ever, 
Lego is headed into the world of the Universal Monsters. Oh, wow. With a Frankenstein Brickheads toy this Halloween season. Yay. It was previewed by the Brothers Brick. Oh, So nice. it's a 108-piece set. I don't know. Is that a big Lego piece set? I don't know. I don't know kid toys. I mean, is that if it doesn't come with instructions, I guess. I know that if it's like a puzzle, 108 <laughs> pieces is not a lot. But if it's... Well, a, these are tiny, though. Oh, freaking no. I mean, I would assume if it's like you're, you're building mm-hmm. Frankenstein, like head to toe or just... I think 108 pieces would not be big enough to build Frankenstein. Hmm. I don't... Because it's know. saying in all his black and white glory. I mean... Parents, please tell us if 108 Lego pieces is a lot because we don't know. Yes, inquiring minds would like to know. (laughs) Inquiring minds who don't have children. Yes. (laughs) Would like to know. We love being aunties. Yes. I will buy Legos all day. No, you know who we are? We are the aunts from Practical Magic with our freaking midnight margaritas and late night podcasting. Mm -hmm. True. Can we do that for And then just giving them like cookie dough and and stuff. And midnight margaritas. Yep. Yep. Put the lime in the coconut. We should we should do that. We should. Midnight episode. Oh. I'll sleep and then show up. I'm sold on that okay. idea. I like cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to continue on sharing some amazing organizations to follow. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about Girls Inc. And I've heard a lot about this program. They work with a lot of people. Um, but this is an organization. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there. I promise. It's a tequila. <laughs> this is an organization dedicated to raising a sh- helping to to uh, create strong generation of women, which you know. Oh, I love that. Gotta stick together. We gotta help each other out. Um, so um, they partner uh, with schools and girls Inc centers, and they focus on development with, uh, mentoring relationships, pro girl environment and research based programming to help girls get through it all. Cause Aww. we need that. We, we do. That. Yes. And they also that. work really hard to advocate for legislation and policies to increase opportunities for all girls out there. Ooh. Yeah. So one of their big fundraisers, they host an, an annual luncheon to, you know, raise money and anybody can attend or you can, you know, give a little donation gift to, you know, help them out, help create all these different programs for girls. Um, they were um, founded in 1864 and um, they've adapted to meet specific challenges facing young women. And although like, you know, times have kind of changed, Girls Inc. has always kind of been there and then always have always been about girls and just striving for you know to make them stronger in this this world that we live in today so um they do a lot of advocacy (laughs) that focuses on needs of girls from uh low income uh, communities and girls who face multiple uh intersectional challenges such as those based on sex race religion ethnicity immigration status disability socioeconomic status sexual orientation and gender identity I love that. Yeah. What a good, I never heard of them. What a good organization. Yeah. I actually got to work with them, but this was like a long, long time ago when I was a Girl Scout. Aww. Um. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. They, uh, we did like a little program just kind of helping us 
like think about like the future and like you know what we want to do and how we are going to get there so i think it's a really great program and yeah if you you know you can make donations you can send gifts to different families attend the luncheon but you can also um you know be an advocate with them and mentor young girls as well oh so yeah. that's awesome it's really cool hmm. anyway but i'll continue on on the next one <laughs> well this week we wanted to talk nor i mean normally we do one topic one bigger topic whether it's a haunt or a haunted place or a book you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. and then their second episode is usually a movie review of some sort this one's a little bit of a hybrid yeah it's a review of a tv series on shutter but we also added some more fun things into it yes this is our episode on the show cursed films yes i really liked it it was interesting i thought the episode's I would have liked them to be a little bit longer than 30 minutes. I agree. That was my big criticism as well. Yeah. Because I just felt like, I mean, maybe if there was commercials involved, it maybe probably would have been a little bit longer. But I don't know. I felt like there was still a lot of things kind of missing. But maybe it was just because that's what they were allotted. They have to be 30 minute episodes. So we're going to have to like squish all this info as much as we can. I agree. And they, they definitely could have gone further down the rabbit hole on a couple of these. And then oh, yeah, there sure. were, there were some other weird things in some of the episodes. Like they, you know, brought in, um, practicing witches or, you know, other, other occultists and mm-hmm. stuff to kind of give more context, which, while interesting i don't know was very helpful in yeah. progressing the story forward i i would have liked i mean like in a lot of the other episodes you know they interviewed some of the actors and actresses yeah, yeah, yeah. and directors uh writers things like that and and that's i think that's what i was just mostly looking for because they're the ones that lived it oh absolutely you know they lived through these supposed cursed films and they saw these things happen so it's like, that's who we really want to hear from. We don't really care about, the, you know, this guy that has a whole garage of collectibles. Yeah, I mean, it's really <laughs> You know what great. I mean? Like, it, I mean, yeah. it's cool that they kind of reached out to different types of people, which I, you know, I appreciate that. But I don't know. I just feel like we're looking for a little bit more. And I felt like a lot of these could have been in an hour. Oh, especially... Um the exorcist yes the i omen, was just gonna say that yeah the exorcist the omen and poltergeist 100 percent could have been an hour yeah 100 percent could have been for an hour. sure because i mean i feel like i i mean i don't have like an hour worth of information but i'm pretty sure i could have went down the rabbit hole oh hell yeah <laughs> it's probably what we'll do tonight when we can't sleep right well <laughs> but, we'll be texting each other oh look what i found oh yeah totally like did you remember this uh, well i mean and and because we talked about the exorcist previously in one of our episodes, um, you know, like 30 minutes of that, I was like, okay, these are things we knew mm-hmm. because, you know, we already did that episode. But like, yeah, like you said, the other ones, I felt like they just, they could have been so much longer. But yeah. I did like it. Mm-hmm. I thought um, uh, Jay Cheel did, uh, I think it's Cheel. You are correct. Okay. I think he did uh, a really good job. And um, I know that um they announced the second season of this so i'm hoping because this one did so good i mean well for shutter Mm -hmm. i hope that 
it will maybe make the episodes a little bit longer. I mean, can we get 45 minutes? Right. <laughs> we I did mean, 30. I would, I would can we do 45? That. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so, like I said, well, in episode one, they talk about the exorcist Mm -hmm. and so i just i know we talked about it but i figured since we're doing this episode i'll just you know kind of recap our audience to all the crazy things that happened (laughs) we'll we'll give you the reader's digest version yes because uh, yeah my notes are real short (laughs) we'll give you the reader's digest version and then for if you would like the full rundown of all of the spooky and creepy things that happened on The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to our episode that's titled, We'll Be There with Tubular Bells On to Talk About The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. And we also talk about Exorcist 2. Yes. A little bit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> and then, I don't know, do we want to, and we did mention a little bit about um, the other Exorcist movie. The third one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we allude to it a little bit, which was better than two. Yeah. It was way better than two, but it still was, you know, it was kind of hokey. Yeah. Stick to the original. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So some of the weird things that happened, um, the set caught fire and the only area that was untouched was Reagan's bedroom. So creepy. So creepy. And because this happened, they brought a Jesuit priest to come bless the set. Mm -hmm. Still didn't help though. Nope. (laughs) showed in that was real sassy (laughs) um after start of the shooting uh uh, max von sito's brother passed away Mm -hmm. and then uh one thing that happened um so in one of the takes where reagan linda blair is kind of flailing up and down off the bed they use this apparatus to kind of like help her make that movement so it was laced pretty tightly to her so that she could just kind of be like loose and then the um the stunt well i guess stunts guys they were the ones moving this apparatus to make her go like you know move up and down and i guess in one of the takes um the lacing that was attached to her kind of mysteriously became loose and so they started filleting her and like the scene that shot they, they, they actually kept uh, billy freaking actually kept that because she was like really in pain like super agony and she actually fractured uh, it fractured her lower spine um, because of that <laughs> but like since it was so real like you know billy freaking was like yeah we're gonna use that Ugh. like we're keeping it Ugh. and and that was kind of like a popular thing with him and his directing style uh-huh. he really wanted to get like you know these crazy reactions um there was even uh one scene where he told the stunts guys to pull the ropes on ellen burston um when she's being thrown uh by linda blair like slapped Mm -hmm. kind of across the room so they actually pulled her like really really hard where she hit her head and she you know had a little minor uh head injury from that Mm -hmm. yeah so just a couple things oh yeah and there I mean, were, there's tons more oh yeah there were lots of other um there were deaths that yeah of people that were connected to the movie oh and also the um the the murderer too oh, oh yeah yeah the paper bag murderer yep it was the x-ray technician there's yep there's so much um so definitely watch episode one of curse films and then also listen to our episode on the exorcist because we like we, we so dive much, super deep so much we and will you, take you down the rabbit hole we, yes we will take you down the spooky rabbit hole <laughs> so much stuff mm-hmm. 
Well. Well, and then as you go into episode two. So great. We go into another movie that came right off the coattails of The Exorcist and actually rode some of the success of The Exorcist Mm -hmm. was The Omen. So great. Yep. Which starred, obviously, Gregory Peck, which I don't know how they got him to do it. Because, I mean, Atticus Finch, Academy Award winner. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. So, for those that don't know, it is obviously the the telling of the story of the Antichrist coming to Earth and the story of Revelations. So, when the movie, when summer came to an end in 1975, that's when production started. And The Omen is also noted as being one of the most cursed films of all time. Yep. So, as mentioned, it is the, arri- it's the telling of the arrival of the Antichrist. Or the and- telling of 2020. <laughs> true story was it 2012 was the year that the mayan calendar was supposed to run out and the world was going to end no 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 2012 (laughs) take note this is how you do an apocalypse for real (laughs) this is how it should have been done um so the omen came right off the success of the exorcist and that whole movie everything from the lighting the cinematography the casting uh oh the soundtrack oh yeah that too oh my gosh it was it's so eerie and so creepy um this was actually remade in 2006 and it had leave schreiber and julia child and no not julia child oh my god Julia Child long gone. Yeah, Julia Stiles. <laughs> Julia Stiles. That was great. Whoa. And now I want to like superimpose Julia Child <laughs> in that you movie. Please do it. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been so many good snacks. Oh man. <laughs> there would have been so many good there snacks. There would have been snacks at that There would have been snacks. Also, wanna... <laughs> please note, if you ever invite Brie and I anywhere, there had better be snacks. Yeah, if you tell us there's gonna be snacks. And then there aren't. We're going to be real sad. We're going to be really upset and we will never forgive you. And we will always mention it till the end of our days. Yep, we will. (laughs) Um, So it was remade in 2006 with Julia Stiles. (laughs) Save the last dance, not the art of French cooking. Um, And it really wasn't very good. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, it was just kind of. But I mean, it's it's again, you know, why would you remake such a classic? Right it's not going to be as good right well i mean that's with any of the the movies that Mm. they're i mean minus it Mm, that's true but i mean very true it's just kind of like you can't touch something that's already amazing Mm -mm. no it's hard don't bother (laughs) um so with the success of the exorcist everyone was counting on oban being a a total hit so Producer Harvey Bernhard was really counting on that. And what he wasn't expecting were all of the strange occurrences that started to string together and earned this movie the reputation as being one of the most cursed productions in film history. So even when it was just an idea floating around Hollywood, um, Harvey Bernhard had received a warning. So according to the LA Times, an advertising executive named Bob Munger had approached him with the idea involving the Antichrist. Um, And Munger had pitched the concept with caution and Bernhard had said, you know, he warned us that he thought the devil didn't want us to make the movie. Which he was probably right. Yeah, yeah, probably. There's some things that... You just uh, you just don't mess with. Yep. So fast forward to production. Trouble had started even before they they began production on set. So 
the perceived catalyst of the curse was the suicide of Gregory Peck's son, who took his own life by shooting himself in the head in June of 1975. Oh, my god! Two months before the first days on set. What? Yeah. And then when Gregory Peck flew to London for the role, his plane was struck by lightning. Oh, my gosh. And then, but wait, Ron, there's more. A few weeks later, <laughs> executive Mark Newfield boarded a flight from L.A. His plane was also struck by lightning. Oh, boy. And he referred to that experience as being the roughest five minutes he'd ever had on an airliner. What is happening? I know. So creepy. So. Yeah, when, the devil is following them around for sure. The devil's gonna get you. <laughs> um, so production kept moving forward and Bernhardt actually was so freaked out that he started wearing a cross on the set. Um, <laughs> sage and all kinds of stuff there, on set. There's not a bush. There's not a sage bush big enough. Um <laughs> So, at one point, the team actually hired a small plane to do some aerial filming, um, but the vessel was switched over to another client at the last minute. Uh, The plane reportedly crashed on takeoff, killing everybody on board. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeez. Yep. So, it gets gets really weird, too. So, Newfield actually uh his so he was the one whose plane had already been struck by lightning he was staying at the london hilton with his wife while they were filming and while they were there the building was bombed by the ira and for our listeners that aren't familiar with uh the ira it stands for irish republican army uh in september of that year oh my god Uh uh-huh so filming kept going and disasters kept on rolling. So there's one, uh, you remember the scene with the zoo? Yes. Okay. So there's uh, a group of wild baboons that started reacting really violently to Damien's presence. Um, so according to the director, Richard Donner, Damien's mother, who is played by Lee Remick, was legitimately terrified while she was filming that sequence because the baboons were going so crazy. Oh, my um, gosh. So, for the safety of the cast and the crew, an animal trainer had been brought on to deal with all the baboons involved in that scene. Um, and then Bernhardt actually recalled that he was that animal trainer was killed the day after they shot there. He was actually killed by a tiger that grabbed him by the head. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is probably one of the most cursed films. <laughs> I know. Okay, so... That's crazy. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. There's still good stuff. Um, so, after the film, and same with The Exorcist, because after that film ended, the curse just lived on. Yeah. Um. So, following... It, if the, this curse has followed everybody involved with the film and just continually inflicted tragedy on, on all of those. So... The film's initial release was an obvious choice for the date. For those who may have guessed it, it was June 6th, 1976 or 6676. Oh my gosh. Why? It's the omen. I mean, (laughs) why would you pick that date? Fate tempt. Oh my gosh. Um, So so in August of that year, a special effects genius on the staff named John Richardson was involved in a really terrible car accident. This one's really freaking creepy. I'm trying to watch my language. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) So he was in the Netherlands working on a Richard Attenborough film, A Bridge Too Far. And 
in terms of the omen, Richard had actually, he was responsible for that really gruesome de- decapitation scene with the glass, the sheet of glass that came yes. off. Mm-hmm. Um, so he survived his car accident, but his passenger, who was, an ass- uh, who was an assistant on the film, her name was Liz Moore, was not as fortunate. She actually was beheaded in the car accident. Oh my god! But the best part, the best part, um, according to local reports, a sign in the vicinity clocked the distance to a nearby town. The town was named Omen, O-M-M-E-N, and it was 66.6 kilometers away. <laughs> so creepy. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So creepy. <laughs> um, and one of the film's stuntmen, uh, a gentleman named Alf Joint, um, also went to work on a bridge too far. He wound up in the hospital after one of his stunts went wrong. Um, in one sequence, he was simply meant to jump from the roof onto an airbag, but he seemed to fall abruptly and strangely. And when he woke up in the hospital, he claimed to have been pushed by something. Oh, my God mm-hmm stop so and all then all the creepy all the creepy and then um so there was also some scuttlebutt involved with harvey stevens who was the little boy who portrayed damien okay um he at one point seemed to have completely vanished off the face of the earth so in 2001 amc premiered a documentary called the omen legacy and it rehashed many of those stories and included interviews with the cast, same as we were kind of hoping for for right. first films to talk to some of the original cast members. Um, and the little boy, Harvey Stevens, was nowhere to be found. Um, Bernhardt actually said he saw him nine years ago. And at the time, he was a handsome and wonderful boy. He was tall and he was, quote unquote, rather beautiful. Um, but this was the only picture he ever made. Um, so Kevin Burns, who was an executive producer um, for the special, even went so far as to try to hire a private investigator to get a hold of the former child actor. Um, Cause I mean, nobody, he, nobody knew he had died or anything. So yeah. they were really trying really, really hard. Um, so he actually didn't go missing. They were able to find him eventually, but um, he returned to acting in 2006. Oh, and right back to where his career started. He had a small bit part in the remake of the omen. Oh, now I need to go back. And, and rewatch the remake. Yeah, because I'm like, where? And do you remember? I went. I remember going to see this in the theaters. I went with my best friend Amanda. Me too. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, and I remember. Do you remember what date that one came out? No. Six six oh six. Oh my god! And I went to probably go see it on that day. You know, I think Amanda and I went to go see it that day too because <sighs> we're just, especially in, in we were just belligerent. It's fine. Teenagers. I'm going to hell anyway. It's fine. <laughs> save, save me a seat please i, know, I did not know that mm-hmm. i mean i yeah it makes sense but you know i remember an afi album coming out that day too so it stands to reason that amanda and i would have both gone to buy <laughs> the new afi album because that's what you did still in 2006 you yep. went to buy albums yep you didn't just download them wherever um and then we would have gone to see the movie i'm sure um but yeah so the remake had julia styles <laughs> It's, it's forever gonna be julia child i'm sorry it's you know it's just because i'm obsessed with food yeah, i will always substitute people that that cook um and leave schreiber um and actually fun fact nothing out of the ordinary happened on the production reboot surprising i know so very surprising was the curse real or was it just bad luck i mean i feel like that's how a lot of these episodes kind of ended 
Yeah. A little bit like it was just kind of like, well, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically just going off all the theories that, you know, well, in episode three, we get into poltergeist. Oh, can we go by the house? Because it's so close. I, I was going to ask you. Can we? I like, really want to. Take a little drive. We should. And I'll take a picture. Yes. Thumbs up. I'm sure the owners <laughs> just love the fact that people drive by there all but the time. But also, I'm going to wear my Ghostbusters shirt that says, I am afraid no ghost. <laughs> Because I feel like it's an appropriate shirt. Just like when we went to the It experience, I wore a shirt that said there's no reason for clowns. So. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. <laughs> I have a shirt for every occasion. Uh, it's important. <laughs> it is. It's very important. <laughs> but yes, so Poltergeist, man, did some stuff happen here for mm. this movie. Very sad and tragic, though. Um, but for those who haven't seen the film, uh, Poltergeist came out in 1982, and it's a supernatural horror film uh, directed by uh, Toby uh, Hooper. Hopper. Hooper. Ho- Hooper. Thank you. Thank you. You are correct. Okay, and written uh, and written by produced uh, by Steven Spielberg, uh, Michael uh, Grace, and uh, Mark Victor. Mm-hmm. And this the screen story was by Spielberg as well. And it stars uh Joe Beth Williams, Craig mm-hmm. T. Nelson, Heather <laughs> O'Rourke. I just like saying him his name. Anyway, uh <laughs> Heather O'Rourke. Baby Heather O'Rourke. I know. Aww. Dominique Dunn. Yeah. So anyway. sad. And and Beatrice Street. Um, so it's set in California suburb, but as we mentioned, the poltergeist, the 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 house that they used for the um for the facade for the facade the exterior shots is actually located in simi valley which is not far from us it's like a 20 minute drive so like we said we're probably gonna take a picture and post it on our instagram and facebook so you'll probably be seeing that soon um but anyway so it's set in a california suburb and the plot focuses on a family whose home is invaded by a a (laughs) i can't say this word malevolent (laughs) malevolent I'll say it for you. Thank you. Malevolent. Yes. Ghosts <laughs> that abduct their, <laughs> their younger daughter and their family's attempt to bring her back into the real world. I'm going to get you a shirt that says tequila makes her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is why I was telling you I probably shouldn't have this drink that Jared made me before we record. And here we are. Friend, it was a long week. (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) But, um, so lots of creepy things. I'm just going to dive into mainly the the biggest thing about this film and why people think it's cursed is because of the cast deaths. Uh, So first uh, is Dominique Dunn. And uh, she played uh, the older sister, uh, Dana Freeling. And she, yeah, definitely met a very tragic end. Um, In 1982, and this is just pretty much when the movie released, um, Dominique had uh, separated from her then partner, John Sweeney. And the movie came out, so she's you know, this big famous actress getting all these offers, things like that. Um, in November of that year, he showed up at her house and, um, you know, basically like pleading, you know, with her to take him back. 
And um, when she refused, uh, Sweeney grabbed uh, Dominique's neck and choked her until she was completely unconscious and pretty much left her to die in her Hollywood home driveway. Um, She actually um, didn't officially pass away um, until her family took her off life support in the hospital. Um, So it was a big court case and I'm going to get real angry. (laughs) So Sweeney was only sentenced to six and a half years in prison, but was released after three years and seven months. BS. Like BS. The fuck? Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) And what really irked me about this too, is that they, there was a mention of a previous beating that happened with a former girlfriend of his. And it was, not it was not able to be used in court like what is that uh well jared was on a a, all the good stuff happens to jared and (laughs) everybody everybody complains about jury duty and how much they hate it i love jury duty one of my bucket list goals is to be a juror on a murder trial jared was a juror on a murder trial last spring oh i'm like all the good stuff happens okay to you. i would like that right i almost got picked for a drug case i was like nope i can't be here i'm sorry well i always get picked <laughs> for i always get picked for dui cases well i i always get called into panel rooms for dui cases yeah. and then when i actually get called into the jury box i always get dismissed because i got hit by a drunk driver oh and yep. so like nobody wants me there but i'm like no it's just because just because they're there doesn't mean they did it i don't know like, yep. that's your job to convince me but that's never good enough i always get dismissed and it's always drunk driver cases but anyway he was a juror on a murder trial and same thing happened there were so many like prior assault calls and domestic violence calls from the police that were not admitted into evidence that's crazy Uh uh-huh i just i poor dominique because it's prejudicial she was so young and her she was just she had a bright career ahead of her yeah she was just getting ready to really like break out and uh, it's just really sad i know her father dominic dunn mm-hmm. um he wrote a book and um he also um got a call actually um or i'm sorry not a call okay i'm sorry i'll take that back i think it was a call or either a letter um where a person responding to his book was saying i think my daughter is is dating john sweeney and I, and then they conversed back and forth and figured out it was in fact him. Oh. And so he was like, just telling him, Hey, break it off, dude, <laughs> break it off, move, change get, your name, get away from this dude. He's dangerous. I don't care if he thinks he's changed his life. He killed my daughter. Like get your daughter away from him. You did so, not pay your debts to society to society. Yeah. Sir. So apparently he's somewhere being a chef somewhere. Mm. I hope I don't eat his food. I like food, but I don't want to eat it. I mean, it's, <laughs> if it's made by him, it's not out of the realm of possibility that's within our area too. Oh man, don't say that. I'm sorry. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> well, but anyway, more deaths. <laughs> um, and and also another sad one. Uh, Heather O'Rourke, oh, baby who played girl. Carol Ann, baby girl. Yeah, and that was probably I would say one of. The, the biggest one out of this whole curse so tragic um this poor little girl preventable 100 yes, percent preventable totally 
Um, so yeah, she was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease mm. in 1987. And they brought up an interesting uh, fact in the film. Like they said, you can see her from like the first movie into the second movie yeah you can see a huge difference in her and they mentioned like how her cheeks were like yeah, yeah, super yeah. puffy like a yeah, chipmunk yeah. i didn't notice it until i saw the clips from the show yeah and i was like oh like holy shit she d- sorry here i am trying to watch my language i didn't oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, they it, it's so noticeable yeah it's so noticeable it's all the steroids yeah it's just so crazy they're just pumping her with all the stuff that she didn't even need like her body didn't even need it no. um so the following year she fell ill again and her symptoms her symptoms <laughs> were casually attributed to uh the flu mm-hmm. and then a day later she collapsed and suffered a cardiac arrest and then after being airlifted to the children's hospital in san diego um o'rourke died during an operation to correct a bowel obstruction and it was later believed that she had been suffering from a congenial congenital congenital sorry intestinal abnormal abnormality you did pretty dang good for having a couple of margaritas thank you those are big words i took my time (laughs) 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 because i knew i was gonna mess it up so yeah totally like preventable yeah they could have helped her and (laughs) this is why i hate doctors but okay but more death (laughs) um so the evil preacher kane from poltergeist 2 um was played by julian beck and in 1983 um, beck had been diagnosed with stomach cancer and got really sick while they were trying to finish the second installment of the series so weird (laughs) oddly enough they casted this guy's face while he's in the hospital so that the other actor could look like him so they could finish the film Mm -hmm. so another reason why they think it's super cursed i mean i haven't heard anything about the other actor being cursed from wearing this dude's face but literally after they did that he passed away in the hospital Mm. so yeah just weird um and then the same film uh will uh samson who played taylor the native american shaman he died of kidney failure and malnutrition which is really weird because he was really young and you know seemed like a pretty fit guy but they think uh he was fallen to the curse because he would do exorcisms on the set after they finished filming so the evil you know spirits wouldn't follow everybody but wow but apparently oh wow i don't think that didn't work oh wow (laughs) um but okay so not a death but just um more creepies yeah just creepy um richard lawson was aboard the u.s air flight 405 when it it crashed into a flushing bay in march of 1992 a total of 27 people out of the 51 on board were killed uh lawson survived but you know another reason why they think this film is cursed do you ever wonder where like the safest place to sit on an airplane is so like if it goes down where's the where's the spot where you are the most likely to survive we should ask richard lawson should ask google that too okay you look that up what is the safest seat on a plane in a crash this is the greatest episode ever oh i'm so sorry people (laughs) it's most likely the middle a middle seat near the back of the plane okay i could see that Oh, man, so it means I got to sit way in the back? Yep, sure do. Can't be bougie. Uh, 
Gotta put them legs up. By the stinky bathroom? Yep. Oh. <laughs> the bougie lady inside you is dying right now. She's like, just die already. I know. She's like, she's like, you know what? We'll take death. It's fine. She's like, if that's how you go, that's how you go. <laughs> Don't settle. Here, here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> so funny oh god people are gonna think we're so terrible because <laughs> we are i i was just gonna say that i was like mm, i don't have my tea to sip though we're sorry <laughs> friends we're just awful but <laughs> so other creepy stuff um so supposedly in the muddy pool scene those were real skeletons but also and I'm glad that they called this out yes, in this episode. Me too. Spoiler alert. Everybody all, does it. All skeletons in old Hollywood horror films were all real. And they survived. Because it was way cheaper to go to a medical supply store than yep. to have an artisan hand sculpt it. This was like I mean, you probably can't do that today, but No, this was like pre-mass production and plastic <laughs> and right. Michaels and Home Depot skeletons that only cost thirty dollars. But so. But supposedly also that there's like kind of conflicting reports on that too, because a lot of the props masters in there were like, um, hello, <laughs> like I did some stuff too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some, you know, dead person. Right. <laughs> um, and they also believe like, because they were in the pool of this house where it was filmed, it, the house is also cursed. So there's like, you know, supposedly like neighbors um, in Simi Valley, they think that the Freeling House, the Freeling House, it, you know, weird stuff happens on the outside. But um, they weren't able to get an interview with the the owner that lives there now. But it would be cool to find out, like if we go and someone just happens to be standing outside that house, it'd be cool to get a couple of sound bites and see, uh, you know, if it really is cursed. <laughs> I ain't doing no EVP session now. Oh, no, no, no. That's not, no. No, Don't Don't sign me up for ghosts. Nope, nope. But, (laughs) but, but we, I mean, because we go to the Myers house on the regular because it's in Pasadena. I've never been yet. (gasps) That's right. You haven't gone. (laughs) Okay. I've gone on the regular. (laughs) I haven't gone yet. Then, and then the Nightmare on Elm Street house is in Hollywood, Hollywood or LA somewhere. Well, you know what? We're going to have to make a map. And maybe record ourselves visiting these places and we'll do like some live trip. Do some live feeds. It's in West Hollywood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't, I haven't seen that house either. No, you haven't been there. Nope. Oh, girl. I know. I got a list. Girl. I got a list. Okay. I guess this is gonna be an all day thing. It is. But I mean, they're fairly we can, close. We can stop at the Freeling House on the way back. Exactly. But Simi Valley is like on our way home from LA. So of, we'll sorta. do. We'll do the my. No, that's not what we'll do. Pasadena first. Well, I was thinking that, but then what if we did West Hollywood first, and then we can cut over to Pasadena, and then that way, because the take the back take the two ten to the Freeling House. Okay, please don't mind us while we freeway plan plan our our horror movie house uh, as a tour. Yes, (laughs) you guys love it. It's fine. I'm sorry, Um, but yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do that. Sold. (laughs) We got a holiday. We got a holiday weekend. Going back to Poltergeist, mm-hmm. um, a few other, well, one more creepy thing. Uh, they're in the clown scene um, where, you know, I know the little- you love this fun fact. 
You guys don't see the side I am giving her right now. (laughs) Brie loves Um, clowns so hard. She snuggles with them all the time. If you guys bring a clown to my house, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but... (laughs) You will not be invited back. Yeah. (laughs) You will be banned. Um, (laughs) And I got ring. So I know if you show up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the new caller ID. I feel like... This episode is 40 minutes long and 35 minutes just us laughing. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, Jared, for the editing. Um, <laughs> but on the clown scene, there was actually one take where the clown was actually really choking the little boy. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like would happen to me if I was acting in this scene. Because they just want you to love them. But they did interview uh, Sean Clark, who is a horror prop collector and he has the original cursed clown from the set in his house because he crazy (laughs) (laughs) if i was married to him that would just mysteriously disappear yeah i hope he didn't pay a lot of money for it i mean he probably did you know probably but yeah it would disappear that could not be in my house no i'm sorry burn it but yeah so i mean obviously you hear like the rumors about poltergeist the original and then two i didn't really hear much about poltergeist three Mm-mm. and then nothing from the uh the newer uh, version of poltergeist that came out well you know what actually poltergeist three was when heather o'rourke died oh i thought it because they I had don't know to... why I said two. I'm sorry. No, no, you're all good. You're all good. You're all good. I'm yeah. thinking in my mind just two. Because they had to, um, they had to get a body double. Oh, that's right. To and then she was hiding mm-hmm. um, in her mother's uh, shoulder so they couldn't um, yeah. see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forget about that part. Sorry. Um, but yeah, but nothing from the the newer. Uh, version that came out no though did you see that one i did and i actually kind of liked it i did i just didn't like the clown part no well you know and this crown uh, this crown the clown was even creepier for me like that one was an Mm -hmm. older one Mm -hmm. so yeah it was creepy but this one like it's just like looking at ronald mcdonald at mcdonald's like yeah i agree it's kind of it's creepy yeah it's real hokey (laughs) but anyway that is the curse film poltergeist well done brie thank you yeah that one's ugh. i know it just it's but so here's my other complaint with this series mm-hmm. i feel like and we're, we have two more episodes to go i feel like they went from most cursed to like decreasing levels of creepy and cursed mm-hmm. because the next two yes there are some cursed things that happen but they're not quite as eventful as, you know, episodes one through three. Yeah. So episode four is the 1994 film, The Crow. So it's a notoriously cursed film. Yep. With several onset accidents that plagued production. Um, So after a tragic accident, the the most tragic of all, which we'll talk about a little more in depth, uh, much of the film actually had to be rewritten and an important character from the source material had to be removed. Ugh. Yeah. 
So for those that don't know, it's kind of a dark superhero film um, that was released in theaters in 94. And during its time, it was really well received. And now it's kind of garnered a very cult following, very similar to, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show and and a lot of other culty kind of movies. Um, So it's actually based on a comic book that was written by James O'Barr of the same name. And it stars Brandon Lee as Eric Draven. So handsome. He was very handsome. So very, very handsome. Son of the late, great Bruce Lee. So he plays Eric Draven, who's a rock musician who's brought back to life to avenge the murder and rape of his fiance. Um, so it actually was really well received by critics and praised for its style and its emotional depth. I think I actually own it on DVD back when people bought DVDs. I still do. Right, same <laughs> or Blu-ray or, or Blu-ray, whatever the hell yeah. it is now. <laughs> um, so something that I didn't know. A reboot is in development. No, 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 no. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're like, you're like Archimedes the owl from Sword in the Stone. No, 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 no. Yes. Like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? I don't know. Especially when the lead actor was murdered on set. I feel like that's a disservice to his yes. memory. Well, and just in general to everything that happened. Mm-hmm. so a couple of stories so many of the behind the scenes stories kind of add detail to a larger story about this film that seemed to be doomed from the start um and not only was it one of the few film sets that killed people but so many members of the crew were injured that it actually seemed like an unseen force was at work during filming oh boy so obviously aside from the horrific demise of brandon lee there were also a strange number of sets and injuries and a hurricane that destroyed much of the set. Wow. Creepy. Um, so despite its cult following, the stories from its initial filming are really darkly tainted and attempts to reboot the franchise make this curse seem a little more believable. Mm. Um, so it's possible that the failure of such to put a new version into film production kind of stems from the death of Brandon Lee, um, really sticking in producers' minds. Um, but... It could also just be a really nasty curse. Yep. Um, That's why they shouldn't make a new one. Exactly. And one of the (laughs) things that I actually really loved about this film is how 90s it is. Super 90s. Um, Like between the angsty premise and the the really dark filming and cinematography Mm -hmm. um, and the, the really dim lighting the makeup that's all super dark um it's very reminiscent of like blade runner and batman yeah they gotta go back to that yeah i loved it yeah i love tim burton's batman i mean brown it's my favorite batman it's uh, the best yeah the best um brown lipstick does not look good on anybody it does not look good on me but everything else was great yeah um so a couple of things that the that the show talks about um on the first day of shooting, an electrician was backing a cherry picker truck up and hit the high tension wire on the power lines above him. Um, he was electrocuted and caught on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, everybody rushed him to the hospital, and he was treated for second and third degree burns. Um, although he survived, his ears had to be removed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... After that, a hurricane destroyed much of the set, which is so freaking crazy. It was like um, Jurassic Park when Hurricane Aniki hit Kauai while they were all there. Um, Wow. Yeah. So from there, there were rumors of a curse that began to spread. Um, And then also, some thought that this was tied to the Lee family curse. 
Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to talk real quickly about the Bruce Lee oh, right. curse. Yep. Um, so those that don't know, Bruce Lee died very tragically. The father of Brandon Lee died very tragically when he was the ripe old age of 32. He was my age. So young. Of a brain aneurysm. So, so young. There's actually thought that a the the Bruce Lee biopic predicted his death just before he died. Oh. So in the 1993 film about the life of Bruce it, about the life of Bruce Lee it's called Dragon the Bruce Lee story. He battles a metaphorical demon which has been haunting him since he was born. And there's one really creepy moment when the demon shows him a copy of his actual tombstone. And then at the end of the movie, the demon loses interest in Bruce and heads toward Brandon Lee. <gasps> Two months before the film's release, Brandon Lee died. Oh my gosh. Right? Super what? creepy. Um, and Bruce Lee's parents also believed that somebody was after Bruce Lee, their son. Um, so the Bruce Lee story wasn't the first time there were rumors of a curse around the wonderful Bruce Lee, who I didn't know this. Supposedly his uh, hand movements, his martial arts movements mm-hmm. were so fast and I'm, I'm moving around and doing them. <laughs> while I'm so fast. Uh, I talk with my hands a lot. Um, supposedly his hand movements were so fast that they actually had to slow down the shutter speed of the camera yep. to capture them all. So I, cool. I didn't know that. I yeah. learned that. It's quick. No. Um, so the first mention of it extended back before he was well known. Um, he was obviously born in San Francisco the, the, during the year of the dragon uh, uh, on the hour of the dragon. But his parents always referred to him as little Phoenix. Oh, mm-hmm. um, so before he was born, his parents actually lost another son. Oh. And according to tradition, if you didn't refer to him by a male name, it would confuse the spirits who might steal their souls. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, in Bruce Lee's last film, his character is shot in a film set accident. Aha. Uh-huh. Just like Brandon I Lee. thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. when they mentioned that. Yep. So, when Bruce Lee died, he was filming Game of Death, which is a film about a retired champion martial artist who might fight his way to the top of a pagoda to save his brother and sister. Um, after his death, the plot changed to an international martial arts movie star who takes on an international crime syndicate and survives as a disguised assassin shooting him on set yep and in 1993 15 years after uh the the film game of death was released that's when brandon lee was shot and killed on set that's so creepy so what happened so let's talk about it um so there's a scene in the movie it's actually the very beginning um, when Brandon Lee walks into the room of their apartment to discover his fiance is being beaten and raped. Um, and then a character named Fun Boy shoots him. So unfortunately, nobody noticed or recognized that a dummy round had become lodged in the barrel of the gun. And oh, then no. it was loaded with blank rounds that would simulate gunfire however those blank rounds were enough to force the cartridge that was lodged in the barrel to fire at nearly the same velocity as a real bullet oh my gosh so it struck brandon lee and then he later died at the hospital (sighs) and in order to finish the film 
producers rewrote parts of the script and had to cut the skull cowboy character completely out as no shoot no shots have been done with him yet um so that's why you never see him in the film um and so this is why the film was added to the shutter cursed films yeah series i I can agree but also like just in general with just the lee family yes curse so sad you know i feel like that you know kind of makes it you know to be good a part of the list absolutely but so getting into episode five uh we talk about the twi uh, the twilight zone the movie and i don't really feel like it's a cursed film I don't something either. really tragic happens agreed but I don't feel like it's cursed. Because after the fact of watching this episode, I went in to see, okay, so this this tragic accident happened, mm-hmm. killing three people. So what what else made it, suppose, a cursed film? But, like, nothing really no, happened after that. No, there weren't any other crazy accidents or anything like that. I, I mean, nothing, no natural disasters. Yeah. No, like, nothing weird like that. You know, and I was thinking, oh, well, maybe the the movie flopped, which it, it, it did, but it didn't because it made a lot of money because people wanted to see this film because of what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but, so getting into it. So the Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, came out in 1983 um it's a uh science fiction horror anthology film produced by steven spielberg and john landis and and basically it's just kind of a interpretation of the television series uh which was uh, created by ron uh serling um so the film stars uh vic morrow scatman crothers i love scatman crothers i just like saying that name (laughs) kathleen quinlan uh john lithgow with dan Aykroyd and uh albert brooks um so it and then in other i'm sorry and other actors in this the series um also um william uh scallert uh kevin mccarthy bill murray murray mathis madison matheson sorry uh peter brocco and patricia berry so um the film is a remake of three episodes of the original series and then introduces uh, one original story. Uh, Landis uh, directed the prologue, the first segment, and the epilogue, while um, Spielberg directed the second uh, segment, Joe Dante the third, and George Miller the final. Um, and then Dante recalled uh, that the fourth, the four stories were originally intended to be interwoven with characters from one segment appearing in another segment, but um, problems with the filming kind of mess this up i would have rather just side note for the film i would have rather they've been intertwined and kind of all come together at the end yes agreed <laughs> like <laughs> totally agreed. um so basically why this film is on the list because of the crazy helicopter accident that mm-hmm. happened so <laughs> and that's why people wanted to get their butts into the mm-hmm. the theater to see it um so there was a really really bad um stunt helicopter crash and it took the lives of vic morrow and the child actors uh micah din lee and renee shin yi chen so sad while uh during um and it was during the filming of the segment that was directed by landis um 
one of the major issues with this is that the two child actors um, had been hired um, illegally. Um, and their deaths led to this huge high profile leaguer case. Legal mm-hmm. case, excuse me. Leaguer. <laughs> is that like a liger? <laughs> yeah, I can't talk. <laughs> um, it, and then, um, although it, it was a big case, but although like no one was found to be uh, criminally um, liable for the accident. So, um, this, the helicopter accident during the filming of Time Out, that was the name of the segment. Um, that was directed by Landis. And so on July 23rd, 1982, at around 2.30 a.m., and again, you have two child actors working the age of seven and the age of six at 2.30 a.m. Oh, Yve. That is not allowed. There are so many labor laws against that. That is not allowed. (laughs) Um, You know, and basically, you know, it was super in violation of California law, which prohibits child actors from working at night or in proximity proximity of explosions and requires the presence of a teacher or social worker. Only their parents were there. That's, oh. That was it. And they did not have a permit to work at 2.30 a.m. So, during the shoot of this particular helicopter scene, there's lots of explosions that needed to go off to complete this, you know, ending scene. Um, So, basically, they're getting ready to run this shot, and, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, a little bit nervous with this, but they're going to go ahead and do it. They've tested it. We're going to keep going. So, they start, you know, doing this shot. Uh, Vic Morrow and the two kids, they're, you know... Uh, running in the river and all these explosions are going off and Aww. they the one of the uh producers actually noticed that they were they, they're starting to go off too close and and um really and then wait i'm sorry too fast and too close uh to the helicopter which caused it to crash down in the river right where uh vic morrow and the two kids were pretty much cutting them in half and the parents of the children were literally standing right there sad yeah oh i mean this whole thing it just wasn't really planned out so it left it 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 left a lot of um distaste for jonathan landis Mm -hmm. uh because they just thought that he wasn't being like super safe about this shot like they probably could have done better with the pyrotechnics and the explosions all that stuff especially dealing with you know you got a live helicopter and you have two young kids and vic morrow i mean like you're 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 putting you know people at danger and you're not really using stunt people you're having them run through this set right um and it was so bad to where you know steven spielberg like ended their relationship and you know he he said it was you know he just didn't want to you know be a part of that he mm-hmm. was just like you know he's like no movie is worth dying for and i think uh people standing up much more now more than ever before to producers and directors who ask too much you know if this if if something isn't safe it's the right and responsibility of every actor or crew uh, member to yell cut mm-hmm. which i I totally agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can actually, I mean, they showed the video in this episode. Yeah, it was hard. I, my heart dropped. I'd never seen this hard. before. 
I, I mean, like, I was like, oh, whoa. Like, we're going to see the footage. Yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And you see it like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. I, I, oh, my God. I seriously dropped. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just, it was just really heartbreaking to see. Adults, I can deal with. I mean, it's tragic, but adults, I can deal with. Kids and animals, nope. Yeah, it's just, oh, man. Just it's can't heavy. believe that happened. Yeah. It's heavy. Um, so, you know, the, and so seeing these on film and just, oh God, I can't even, <laughs> it's just so sad. Um, and then the fact that, you know, the kids actors, you know, they're, everything's going against, you know, child labor laws. They're being paid under the table and, you know, and then Landis, you know, opted not to seek a waiver. Like, like you're already cursed yeah because you're not you know following proper instructions mm-hmm. <laughs> and even um a fire safety officer was concerned the blast would cause a crash but but also you know they didn't tell he didn't tell landis of like his concerns about it which is crazy yeah so crazy <laughs> i mean i think it and then just watching it um in the episode and just seeing how the blast and watching Vic Morrow like carry these two kids and he's like you know (laughs) kind of like trudging through like you know this thick muddy water and then all these explosions are going off and he's trying to act I I don't even know how he went through that and he was already feeling uncomfortable but he didn't want to you know ruin his career by telling a director he didn't want to do something yeah so he just did it (laughs) it's really sad but so it the accident led to um a civil and uh, criminal action against the filmmakers which nearly lasted a decade (laughs) uh landis uh fulzy production manager dan allingham pilot dorsey wingo and explosive specialist paul stewart were tried and acquitted on charges of (laughs) manslaughter of manslaughter i swear i can say that in a nine-month trial um, in 1986 and 1987. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a result of the accident, um, second assistant director Andy House had his name removed from the credits and replaced with a pseudonym, Alan Smithy. Mm. Uh, The incident also resulted in the establishment of the Motion Picture and Entertainment Unit within the Cal Fire Office of the State Fire Marshal to enforce fire safety regulations and requirements in the entertainment industry. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also the studio was uh, fined by the families of the victims uh, $62,000. Okay, so I know we've talked about this before. Yes, we did. But isn't it ridiculous to see, like, the varying dollar amounts mm-hmm. and the value that people put on human lives? Yep. $62,000 for the deaths of three people. That's nothing. Right? Nothing. Two children and an adult. Couldn't believe that. $62,000. Like, <sighs> pocket change. Yeah. Freaking pocket change. But one of the really creepy things was... um. In one of Vic Morrow's uh, early films, uh, earlier films, uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, includes a scene where Morrow's character is supposed to fly a helicopter. And according to the legend, uh, Morrow refused to get into the helicopter, saying, I have a premonition that I'm going to die in a helicopter crash. So creepy. 
so creepy. So, I mean, I still don't think it's cursed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's... It's tragic. De- it's definitely tragic what happened. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as far as, you know, people wanting to see the film, I mean, critics, it was hit and miss, but it did make a lot of money in the theaters. Mm. Which is... I mean, I feel like whatever they made from that movie, they probably should have given it to the families. Agreed. But I doubt that happened, so. Oh, man. Yeah. So that Mm. is... Episode five. The Twilight Zone. So what other films do you think might be cursed? You know, I don't know. I haven't really looked up very many other ones. You know, there's one that kind of popped in my mind, and it was because you were talking about The Omen, Mm -hmm. Rosemary's Baby oh yeah that should be in that should be in season two well so i actually had looked up to see if season two's um stories had been released oh they haven't been okay but well cursed films jade chill if you're listening rosemary's baby (laughs) that's got to be on the list well they so they haven't listened but they did say that apparently there are going to be some that were filmed outside of the u.s Ooh, uh-huh. I would like that. Yeah, I would definitely like that because then it'll give me a new list of things to watch. Yeah, but, and uh, I mean, because all the ones that I had known about were all covered, like between um, the I knew about the crow, and then right. obviously the Exorcist, the Omen, and Poltergeist. But I didn't know about like I I knew that there was an accident on the set of the Twilight Zone, but I didn't know like the scope and magnitude until I watched the show. Yeah. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to see what stories they come up with in season two. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested to see what other cursed films there are. But definitely Rosemary's Baby. That's got to be on the list. I hope it is. Because, I mean, it's also like the birth of a demon child. <laughs> well, and also Roman Polanski. Oh. Lest, forget, yeah. lest we forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe we should do our own episode of Cursed Films. Let's do it. Let's add it to the I'm schedule. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to all of our laughing <laughs> Thanks today. Thanks for listening to us laugh like a bunch of <laughs> gaggling hens. As we talk about death and curses. <laughs> we... Uh, we we have issues, sorry. <laughs> we're only mildly maladjusted. Just a little. Um... But yeah, please uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love your rates and your reviews, your please. ratings and your reviews. Yes, and we uh, definitely want to hear from you. Please uh, send us your ideas, uh, what you'd like to hear from us next. Yeah. Um, you can email us at thesquaggles at gmail.com. We also have a little... Um, contact form on our website yes where you can also insert your comments concerns things you would like to hear from us www.thesquadghouls.com yes and please uh like us on instagram and facebook and don't forget to check out our merch store yeah yeah we got merch yeah. it's on our website <laughs> buy a dog hoodie yes yeah. or a fanny pack yeah do stuff yes. and creep it real and we'll scare you later goodbye bye One last time. Can you, you can turn it off.